Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. Rick, how are we doing? We're doing well, Ryan. Uh, you know, just uh, just getting along on this uh, lovely Tuesday. Uh, what about yourself? How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. I am currently on a recovery week. Oh, uh, nice. best, best time of the year. It just so happens to fall on Christmas week. So I'm excited for this week. Um, <clears throat> instead of doing workouts, I'm doing Zwift races, so. And also nice. RGT races this weekend. There's another set of RGT races um, through Echelon Race Series. Yes, there is. So with a recovery week, do you tend to just lower the volume and keep some intensity? Or do you just like, because you're still doing races and like races are obviously, uh, you know, pretty intense. So like how many hours on the bike are you doing during your uh, recovery weeks? Um, I keep I keep it pretty low. Uh, really? I, I just try to keep it fun. To be honest, the races, I don't really see as like, you know, training, I guess. Sure. I just, I just really enjoy them. So I don't know. I, I don't really consider it racing, I guess. Yeah. I just enjoy, I, I just enjoy it. Besides that, like uh, the swimming and running is very low volume. I'm actually not going to swim this week because I'll be in Appleton and the pool was closed for swim lessons this week or up until Christmas. So I'm not actually doing any swimming, very little running and a few bike races. Nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been definitely doing quite a few races this week. That's like most of the time when I get on the trainer now, it's, uh, you know, it's usually doing some kind of, whether it's like a Zwift or RGT race. And let me tell you, usually around this time of the year. So like, you know, in Wisconsin, uh november starts to get like pretty hit or miss for weather uh so like the days that you ride outside sometimes you can get a nice one in a lot of the times it ends up being pretty cold and then you know we're in december right now so december is usually when it gets like very cold very dark very short days so you're definitely or most most uh, likely not riding outside and usually this time of the year i'm like starting to kind of get like cabin fever i'm just doing like indoor trainer rides and workouts and i'm like man just like trying to peel the paint off the wall waiting for race season but with the e-racing just kind of like making its way into my uh my training and riding this year it's Mm -hmm. definitely helped to just like keep things entertaining and fresh and i feel like i've probably never trained or ridden this hard into december and i'm feeling great feeling uh mentally not fatigued um we'll see we'll see if any burnout creeps in in the next you know a couple months or weeks from just like doing so much racing but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really enjoying the way, uh, or this, uh, this kind of new way to spend winter, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, in the last few weeks I've been, I'm in a build phase now and the last few days, uh, were quite the struggle. Um, I, I hit that point. I don't know if you've ever hit this point, but I always know when I'm at that point of like overtraining because it feels like, like I have, like tingling in my leg in my legs like a like a I don't know it's really weird and I always it's always it always comes whenever I feel like I've kind of hit that point of overdoing it that's um, that's interesting uh, I feel like I feel like everybody kind of has their own like signs for overtraining. Yeah. like um if you if you like search you know oh what are some signs of overtraining you'll get a laundry list of like 10 to 20 different like possible you know side effects or mm-hmm. whatever um, and I feel like you've really got to like figure out what's the, 
what's like a good indicator that you're you're on your way there but you're not quite there so like for you like tingling in the legs like that's when you know you're probably not you're not like overtrained or maybe overreached would be like a better word to use overreached is a good way to say it so you're not quite in the in like the red uh but you know you're on your way there so like that's a good way like feel that coming yeah and then also too like the the mental fatigue i don't know if you get that too but like i feel very fatigued like mentally and even like emotionally i guess like that whole psychological like fatigue as well i don't know if if you've ever feel that but like i Uh like last friday last thursday and friday i'd probably say like i was just mentally just i felt like i wasn't there yeah, no, 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 for sure. That I think the mental fatigue is is possibly like, you know, I just said everybody's kind of got their own signs and symptoms, which is definitely true. But I feel that's almost universal is almost like for me, it's like a mental malaise, you know, like it's I mean, we both have jobs where we kind of sit at a computer for a lot of the day and that require, you know, a high degree of like mental capacity to actually like think hard about the work that we're doing. And I've done I've done blocks in the past where like I was just like at the end of the block, I was like, dude, it's like kind of hard to like concentrate on work. Like I'm just mentally like fried. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Cause if you think about it, you know, like training requires a lot of carbohydrates and that's the main fuel for your brain as well. So when you're putting your body under such a stressful load, you're, you know, it's, it's almost prioritizing that over Mm -hmm. like, thinking if that makes sense yeah and you know what i noticed about this training block specifically is i don't think it was it wasn't the biking that really did it in for me i think it was the swimming and running um so the biking it did get progressively harder but the running and the swimming since you know you don't really go off of like power you really just go off of feel so like uh swimming for example is you know it, it doesn't require your lower body i'm not going to say at all but very limited amount sure. um, and then running on a treadmill you know you can just set those times and running on a treadmill is easier and harder at the same time i feel like it's easier to maintain a pace because you're kind of forced to maintain a pace but at the same time a treadmill is clearly easier than running out on the road but yeah. it's just it's just like a maintained pace so i threw in some pretty big run and swims that i think really hurt me on the bike and i feel like it it, it i didn't really feel it when i was doing them but then when i get onto the bike and those are like the really hard workouts i really felt it during those like really hard uh three minute effort repeats yeah, no, that's that. I think the bike, because you have so much data, especially, you know, if you're doing three different sports, the bike, you have the most data in terms of like power and then heart rate and having those two variables combined. Um, so it's kind of like, you, even though you're doing a bike workout, you're, it's also a good um, data point for like, how are you affected by the other training that you're doing? Because you know, you can actually see like, oh, I did these big workouts and like, oh, my heart rate's higher on the bike. It's harder to do to do my bike workout. And you can just kind of use that as like a metric of like how hard you're actually pushing. Um, but yeah, I think, I think over time too, with uh, just doing cycling training or any kind of like athletic, especially endurance training, um, I think when you're a little bit younger 
and not that we're old, but like when you're the first couple of years in the sport, you kind of like figure out the maximum amount that you can train based on like the time that you have. And you're like, I'm going to do those hours. And then I don't know if you've ever run into this in the past, but like you start to run up to this wall of like, I can do the training. I can do the hours, but like the, the stress of the load, it's like, you can't recover from it or it's really hard to recover from it just because you have to live a normal life. You know, like you've got to show up at work, you've got to like, you know, deal with family and other stuff going on in your life. So I, I don't know about you, but I've, I've kind of made it like a point to like think about how many hours I possibly could train or should train or like what kind of load I can handle and then try to like slide under that and be like, I'm going to take like 10 or 20% off of that. And I, and I should be comfortably able to do that. And then, you know, not miss workouts and feel just good about training overall. Yeah. You know, that's actually one thing that uh, I wanted to ask Eric about. Uh, we, we obviously didn't get to it because we were talking about oh, you know, yeah. the echelon racing series and stuff. And, and, but, this, and this is I a mean, reference to last week's podcast when we talked yeah. about Eric Hill and Frank Cundiff. Uh Eric Hill just amazes me. Uh, aside from running a team, running a race league, uh, he ran races before this every year. Uh, he's also at the Cat 1 level for bike racing, and he's you know he's good. He's yeah. really like he's really good. Yeah, and also, uh, all with I, all with having a family and working a full time job. Yeah, the, I, the guy amazes me. I don't understand how he does it. I, yeah, like I don't even understand how you begin to organize your life with those many variables going on, and then train to be an elite cyclist. It kind of blows my mind. Uh, I wish we would have got a chance to ask him more about just how we <laughs> that, maybe on a different podcast in the future, but. Yeah, there, dude, there's some people that, like, I – kudos to them. Like, they were able to balance everything and, like, somehow make it work, and which is just, you know, amazing to me. I feel like I don't even have that much going on in my life, but, like, you know, to, like, add in extra training hours, you know, you just feel it being taken away from somewhere else. Like, you're, 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 if you're going to spend more time on the bike here, you know, you've got to take it away from whether it's sleep or family time or social life. Um, so to get that balance right and, like, to – be sustainable is is kind of tricky um and something that's actually been really cool that that i know i've been watching and ryan i think you've been watching it too a popular youtube channel the vegan cyclist he's doing this train like Mm -hmm. a pro challenge where the dude has a family um he has a, a business that he owns and operates and he did this uh this massive training block like 20 hour training weeks trying to balance all that and like it was and he's doing a and he's and a daily, daily vlogging and a daily vlog and which like, is like a four hour commitment a day yeah it was interesting to watch and it was interesting to see how like over time you could just see it being like beaten into him you know what i oh, mean like it's like, it's almost hard to watch how exhausting it is yeah and like don't get me wrong like he seemed like he uh got through it like he wasn't like like crashing in workouts and he seemed like he was kind of checking all the boxes but it definitely seemed like because and i think he's basically done with it now he's got like a recovery week to finish out the month um but it was like interesting to watch the wheels like slowly come off the train like he was just he was definitely on the struggle bus this last week you could tell oh i bet i bet yeah uh i watched some of those videos and it's like oh today i'm riding 130 hours and then like then me and the family are going on a trip this afternoon. So I have to get up super early. Uh, also I was up until 2 AM 
editing the previous video and I still have a business to run it like, Oh my gosh. It, yeah. But yeah, he, he, there was one. So I think the one thing that I kind of took away from that, that I thought was really interesting is he was like, and, and he, I think it was probably a little bit much for him, but if, if he even took it down to like 15 hours a week, I feel like he would have no problem. It was like kind of extra five hours that I think probably killed him. I bet it is like the extra five hours. Something that he talked about was like, if you just make yourself really busy, you cut out all of like the slack in your life. Like you cut out like the dead time. Cause like, you know, everybody's got that time where they just like sit on the couch and Netflix or they just like, you know, play video games. And it's like, basically what could you possibly accomplish if you just got rid of that time and filled it in with something else? And like, you know, I, I want to say, uh, I want to call bull crap on that. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I specifically say this because we actually just got done finishing the, a book that specifically talked about this stillness is the key. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, every, great leader or great mind always dug out time for that like downtime and yeah they i think the trick is is having a specific schedule and a con- a consistent schedule mm-hmm. but i don't think anyone can just cut out all that downtime because you need that downtime to reset your mind otherwise that's just it's just con- uh concoction for burnout yeah, and, and that's a good point. I mean, the whole point of his his thing he did was it was a challenge. So like, yeah, did, yeah, it, it it ended right like a month, and he's done. Um, but I mean, that's a that's a good point. Like, I think sometimes um, people will view downtime or like or like Netflix time or like time where you're just like sitting on the couch as like wasted time. But in some ways, you're just recharging your batteries, and everybody's got a different battery. I've known people that sleep like four hours a night. They work 80 hours a week and, you know, they do an Ironman and it's like, how? I don't understand. But they just have like, dude, they just have giant batteries that don't need a lot of recharging. And I, I know I'm not like that. Like I do need some downtime. I need to like chill out. I need to like rest and mentally it puts me in a better spot. So like I, I could maybe do something like that for a little while. Like I, it's an interesting challenge. I don't think I'd ever want to do a, a train like a mm-hmm. pro challenge. Um, at least right now, I don't know, maybe at some point, maybe if it was like in the middle of summer and the weather was nice and I had sure. a really big event that I wanted to do. And I was like, all right, I'm going to like put my nose to the grindstone. Let's go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm more of in favor of like taking some off and balancing it out and making it more sustainable yeah. and doing it and doing it year round. Like, I think that's obviously yeah. really important. I think, I think you pinned it. Uh, if you don't have the time, but if you're like, I want to do a month because uh, that's that's what i fully plan on doing for my lead up to like a half iron man or a full iron man mm-hmm. is the not my last block but my, like my second to last block so like i don't know eight or six weeks out getting right. a really good block of training like yeah. a month before my event so then i'm not too tired for the event but I get a really good workload and it won't last too long, but I think I will get those shorter term benefits of, of having that larger capacity. So if, if, if people were to do that, keep the consistent like training, we'll, 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 we'll say training throughout the year to something mm-hmm. that you can manage and then just take like one month 
like a month out from your main event and say, okay, the next four weeks are actually, it's more like the next three weeks. I'm going to be serious. I'm going to cut out all the, all the extra stuff. Um, I'm either training, resting, or, you know, working or family. Uh, you know, if, if you're going to do it, I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah. But and, and you, actually- you can't sustain that for all year round. No, I think that's a really – that's, like, a great way to approach it. And he um, – the guy, Tyler Pierce, who's the, the person that did this challenge on his channel, Vegan Cyclist, he talked about that a little bit too. He said that, like, he, you know, he has, like, three plates that he spins, right? His, like, athletic life, his work life, and then his family life. And he's, like, if you look at the year, they're all extremely balanced. But if you zoom in on different parts of the year, they're extremely out of balance, which is, like, really interesting. So, like – you know, essentially what he did is he like put his training first in the month of December. That was like his, you know, throttle, like he just throttled that his family second and then his work third, which like number three is just going to suffer. You know what I mean? Like, um, and that's kind of what he did. It's like, you know, he just took some time. He's like, I'm dedicating myself to this and I'm going to do it. But then you have an end date to that. So like, you're not, you're not really out of balance. You're temporarily out of balance, but that's okay because you're, you're hopefully trying to like achieve something that's like very important. And that's like, I mean, and that can, and that can go for like any of those priorities, right? Even like a very high level athlete, unless you're a professional athlete, you might have to like, you know, take periods where you're super focused on your career. And like, you know, your career is like the main thing. And it's like, you're not going to dump training, but you're just going to not make it. It's number one priority. You know, like you're still going to keep some, but like, you know, you can just understand that like, it's gotta be, you know, it's a P3 instead of a P1 for, for this time. Yeah. Good example. Uh, I'm studying for the CCNA right now. Um, that's, you know, an hour, hour and a half a night that I have to carve out of my schedule that I have to dedicate to just to stay on top of, um, the large amount of information that's required to, for the exam. Uh, I, so, you know, there's, there's certain things like I have to be done training by six thirty. you know, so that I can fit in that hour, hour and a half. And, but, you know, I still have to dedicate time to Anna so that she's not feeling neglected either. So I try to carve time out for her as well, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know where I'm trying to go with that, but yeah, yeah, keep your priorities. Uh, yeah, the priorities. In, in that's track. a good. Yeah, that's a good way. And, I mean, it kind of goes back to uh, what I was talking about before in the book. Stillness is the key. Uh, as you know, with carving out time for yourself, another important thing is keeping a consistent schedule. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people nowadays, I feel like, are not into the whole consistent schedule thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I. Th- I I'm a huge schedule person. Um, it's even down to the food I eat every day. It's almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I do everything at the exact same time. And, you know, I couldn't be happier. I, I love the consistency. Yeah, man, we're really getting down into a. We did not anticipate on talking about this. No. But we're, we're getting down into a great rabbit hole on just like self-improvement. But I. Why, why don't we wrap this one up? Because uh, I want to move on to RGT as well. Yeah, we, we should. So, yeah, in okay. general, uh, uh, yeah priorities are good that's what we're going to leave this one at yeah. before we segue into some more e-racing so we have yeah. been doing some additional uh e-bike racing uh actually quite a bit of it we've been splitting our time between uh both zwift and rgt uh you know the way i look at that is you know uh, when i'm playing zwift i'm playing mario kart and then when i'm uh 
going on RGT. I'm uh, getting ready for some F1 racing. Yeah, you know, that's actually a really good way to put it. Uh, yesterday was the first time I did a Zwift race in actually like three weeks. Mm-hmm. And after working in RGT a bit, man, like I went back to it and it just felt almost like dumbed down. Zwifted? Yes, mm-hmm. it it was definitely a lot easier. Yeah, because um, your mind could kind of turn off a little bit. Uh, RG, you know, so I like RGT. I I really like how they structure the racing and stuff because once you kind of figure out how everything works, it gets a lot better. And I think that's how a lot of really good games work. Is it's you know. A little confusing at first, but once you kind of get into it, settle into it, figure it all out, you're just like, okay, this is really, this is awesome. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like going from RGT to Zwift, I actually found that I was doing better in Zwift because I took, I was able to take some of the principles that like we've been working on with RGT, some of them, not all of them, and apply them to like Zwift racing. And it actually made me better, more like more efficient at Zwift racing but that being said, you can't you can't go the other way. You can't take principles from Zwift racing and apply them to RGT. It'll make you uh, probably a worse RGT racer. Um, but while we're on the topic of RGT, last week and Ryan, yeah, I think it was last weekend, uh, we did some practice races, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, which we did some practice. Way. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of talk on that. We actually put out a YouTube video, uh, first YouTube video. So bear with us. Uh, it will get better. We're learning. This, this first one was a little rough. We're learning. Um, I, I posted it up kind of like, okay, you know, I'm going to put it out in the world and we can only go from there. But uh, we, 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 we got out our first RGT video. It kind of goes into a few things. We did run into a few issues uh, with creating our own roads. Uh, pretty much the summary of that is the creating your own roads works really good for point to point races. Um, on your, when you create a GPX file, I would recommend not using one from like a crit race you did where it has lots of laps, Mm. uh, go out onto your street or like create your own loop somewhere around where you live and just do start and stop from the same exact point. And it should work pretty well. Uh, in the video, you'll see kind of what happens if if you don't get the start and stop point in the exact same spot, it creates like a chicane right at the finish line that kind of bugs out your avatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides that, it, it was really cool. Um, we're we're both doing the premium membership for the month um, to give it you know give it a fair shake. The RGT roads that they have uh, are really cool. Um, I think they're pretty much on par with Zwift roads. Uh, the races are really cool. I, I personally think RGT racing is better than Zwift. Yeah, I would agree with that. And we and then oh, sorry, and once you oh yeah yeah when you and then also too you can create your own practice races. So uh, you can set up how many bots you want, uh, set their powers. It took me a little bit of time to figure out what the best way to set those up were. Um, but I, I noticed if you do like. If you put these, so if you want like an A level race, uh, set the minimum power to like 250 and the maximum power to like 450, and that that should give you about an A race. Uh, you could bump that up to like 50 watts if you want it even harder, but that that that's about an A race. And then, 
and then it gives you like an option to randomize it or something else. Uh, it's do the first option. I'm blanking on what it's called, but it was a little bit confusing at first on how that stuff worked. But uh, that the, the the practice races are really cool, and then they do have uh, real races that you can do with other people, which is actually free. And then they're actually launching new roads. They just launched new roads. And I believe they have a big update coming in January. I think that's what Eric and Frank said. That will add additional features or fix bugs. So I'm really excited to see that. Um, I think RGT could be a very good uh, competitor to Zwift. Especially for racing. I think as far as racing goes, I think RGT is the way to go. Yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree. I you know, I think we had kind of a mixed experience with it the first time that we tried it. Um, yeah. Because we, again, we've kind of talked about this before, but like we took our, our Zwift e-racing mentality and brought that into RGT. And you have to spend some time like learning how to just take corners in the race. And when I say corners, so, you know, coming into a corner and, and again, this is why it's great to do a practice race because when you're doing the practice races, you can, like Ryan said, you can set up the bots however you want them to be, like how strong you want them to be, however many you want. So, you know, we basically just set up a course with a crit that we've done before at, at the Gateway Cup and then put on some bots so we could just practice taking essentially corners with uh, a group of people. And when you're going into a corner, um, the expectation is like you want to, like in real bike racing, kind of let off a little bit before the corner. If you're pushing too hard into it, it initiates like auto braking. So anytime you see your power flash red in RGT, you're essentially wasting Watts. And in regardless, like irregardless of, you know, if you're wasting Watts or even if you take a corner perfectly, you know, like a real bike race, you do have to accelerate pretty hard out of the corner. So the way I think about it is if I'm taking the corner with less Watts, it's just saving me a little bit of energy so I can make a better acceleration out of the corner. And then yeah. I think the big other takeaway that I, I kind of realized is you have to really um, t like your acceleration in RGT is like the foot pedal of a race car. If you press it too hard, you're going to have a really like jerky experience. Like, like you, a slingshot. Yeah. So you're going to accelerate to the front of the field and then you're going to be on the front, but then you're going to want to slow down and then you slowing down will shoot you to the back. So you're kind of going to like be, ping pong ping ponging and doing way too many watts than you really need to be so you just have to work on again like in real bike racing if you're accelerating up to the wheel in front of you you got to make it sm like kind of slow super measured and really um uh, accurate or else you're just going to be wasting energy and once i started to like really think about every time like i was accelerating and cornering it was a huge game changer like i was able to to race with these bots and actually you know, do pretty well against them. I don't know. Did you have a similar experience, Ryan? Like, is that how you kind of figured out more of like how to race on RGT? Yeah. You know, I think the biggest aspect to RGT that you got to learn is the positioning, um, specific, specifically going around corners. Um, when I watch, so also I want to, uh, if, if, if you want to learn RGT and how to race in RGT, Jonathan Crane on YouTube has an awesome, he does a lot of RGT racing. Highly recommend checking him out. That's Jonathan Crane. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Crane and then another guy too, Mike Lister. He does a lot of uh, a lot of YouTube as well too. Okay. I saw his channel. But yeah, they both sure. have a lot, of, a lot of racing that you can watch and then they kind of walk you through like what mm -hmm. they do as well. 
Yeah, if you ever watch some, uh, one of them uh, or our YouTube channel, I actually go through it on there too. Uh, the positioning going around a corner is typically how people get dropped just because the difference is when you're on the inside of the corner, your character or avatar breaks for a shorter period of time than if you're on the outside of the corner. So it could be, you know, the matter of one or two seconds, but in those one or two seconds, one avatar is accelerating, the other one is not. So I think, so I, I'm hoping that RGT kind of fixes these a little bit. I think the braking, especially in corners, is a little too heavy. So it, it'd be nice, it'd be cool. And this is, this is kind of getting into like personal opinions. Um, I mean, it kind of what, you know, Eric and Frank were saying, you know, what they've been getting told by a lot of racers could be completely different than what I'm saying. Um, my personal opinion is I think the braking is heavy around the corners and uh, also to the, so um, unlike Zwift, they have, you know, real like slopes or elevation. So when it's 10%, you feel all 10% in Zwift by default that's actually only 50% of that 10%. So when you're going up a 10% grade, it only feels like a 5% grade. Mm, okay. I only bring that up. So there's no issue with that. It's just, I don't think trainers do a great job at like mimicking percentages, you know? Yeah. I see. I see but, what you mean for like really yeah. steep stuff. Right. Cause you, cause you did yeah. a, um, you did like a, a crit course. You set up like a crit course that had, like I did cry baby, baby cry baby hill. Oh Yeah. Yeah, and so I think I think the the issue with it and again, like this goes back to this is just a personal opinion. Um, RGT probably knows better about this stuff than I do, but when you hit a hill in a, you know, on it's it's the same on Zwift or in RGT, and I think it's why Zwift sets it at fifty percent, is that it feels like you're hitting a wall. And then your bike kind of just like sees it. It feels like your bike just seizes like, up. Like it, it layers on that erg too aggressively. Yeah. It, yeah. It layers it on too aggressively. And it feels like you're just hitting a wall and all of a sudden you can't turn the pedals anymore and you mm -hmm. can't shift down. And so I, I, I just don't think that trainers do elevation very well. So um, again, in my personal opinion, uh, turning that down to 50% with, I think is the way to go. Same thing with just uh, relaxing the braking around corners just a little bit, just so that it's, it, you know, it's not so aggressive if you're not in the right positioning. Mm. Oh, and then uh, one other thing is if they could do more of a, um, and this would be probably pretty hard or unrealistic to do, but unrealistic to do, but uh, have the avatar always go for the preferable, like, spot, you know? Yeah, I, I see what you're in saying. In the group, like, like choo always choose the inside line. I don't know. I, I always choose that... like the most preferred route through the group. But I, again, I mean, it comes with how uh, elaborate RGT is. I mean, it, it, it's right now. I mean, I think it's a lot of you got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, again, and it could just be me complaining about it, you know. But uh, I, I think if uh, they just added or you know added new features or something i think those would those would be a few things to take a look at uh again i mean it's just part of the game it's part of being you know realistic racing i think it's really cool what they're doing with it you know and they're you know for them being a fresh new platform i mean there's always you know space that they could change but 
again, I mean, I bet a lot of people like having the elevation feel like, you know, 10% be 10%, you know, and I could be in the minority there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I wonder too, I wonder if you have a nice trainer, if it makes a difference. I don't know. I mean, I, we have like, you know, we have good wheel on trainers. I don't know if it makes a difference. You have, if you have like a really nice direct drive trainer. Um, I, I think we were kind of talking about too, like this was offline earlier, but like um, the, I think we're really excited about it or pretty stoked on it now because like it's 90% like the core of the product is really solid. Like it's it, after we actually learn the physics, it's like, Oh, this is fun. Like you can race bikes on this. It's, it works well. And it's a relatively new software. It's just kind of like smoothing out that like last 10%, you know, whether it's like you brought up a good point, like the riders sometimes like the, 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 the line choice. Like I think it, I think it kind of comes down to like when you're doing real bike racing typically you can like shoot gaps inside of the peloton whereas when you're trying to move like from left to right you have to almost like slow down and go around the rear like towards the very back of the group to get on the other side of the group does that make sense yeah yeah i've actually had that same thought yeah so i I think just like some of these like minor like whether it's how you move in the group and like just some of the finer breaking points it's like yeah, I mean, they're, they're just things that I think everybody kind of thinks about. And I, hopefully, as they continue to iterate on it, it, they just get, like, better and better. And I'm sure that yeah. they get a lot of feedback from other racers about, yeah. about these, like, very issues. Um, but I'm excited because I think it's just going to keep getting better and, and hopefully just keep improving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk about was the last weekend, uh, there was another professional echelon racing league race the same race as the amateur weekend but for the pros uh i gotta say holy cow the production value was incredible they really stepped up their game it was very solid i agree it was i actually tuned into like the entire race like it was so good yeah like i it yeah and i mean they had brad's soner and Frankie Andreu, yeah, I wasn't uh, commenting. I wasn't expecting Frankie to be on there. I didn't yeah. know that he was uh like gonna be uh an announcer. Yeah, you know that is actually one thing that we talked about was having the having really good commentators because they paint they paint a picture, tell the story. Yeah, and I mean it was everything I could have asked for. You know, yeah. and not only that, but they actually threw in footage from the actual crit race and had. The guy who won, I know he's won two years of, I think it was the Bucks County Classic, but they had his GoPro footage and actually him talking about the 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 real crit racing and how it'll be different or be the same in the e-racing version. And, you know, so it wasn't just the race the entire time. They were going back and forth between things. Yeah, I love um, that. I love that crossover between real life and yeah. like the virtual side of it. Yeah, and it was like right around, the two races were like right around like an hour, hour and 15. So I think that was like the sweet spot length for, you know, watching something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, outstanding. I I loved it. It was really fun to watch. The, those courses were perfect for uh, e-racing because they are super punchy races. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what did you think? Yeah, I know. I totally agree. I I think the length lengthwise that's a good a good amount of time for like a viewer you know hour hour and 15 
And I think in general, I, I like crit courses quite a lot when it comes to e-racing. I think like it can provide some pretty interesting dynamics, especially with RGT being like heavy on cornering, making a big difference. It's only natural that like a crit is going to be interesting to watch for sure. And it's also going to be really revealing who's been playing a lot on the platform and who's maybe just kind of stepping into it for the first time or the first couple times. I, the thing that I really am, am digging about the echelon race league in general is that it's very like um, easy to follow as a series. Uh, I don't know if you kind of get this, but I, I, okay, I like Zwift for what it is, which is like just a really cool, cool platform with fun racing and, and a lot of stuff going on, but I find it really hard to follow. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what the premier Zwift league is and I don't know like where to find that. They post so many different like races and race leagues. That, they have like three or four different race leagues at any given time. Yeah, and there a lot of them are also based on like regional stuff. So you know, there's there's like time zones differences to kind of split that up into you know people that can actually make the races. Um, but it's just hard for the fan as a fan. And again, I like watching e racing. It's hard to follow. I find the Echelon Racing League to be really cool because it's super simple and straightforward and like there's one league there's the pro men the pro women these are the different races and you know obviously because it's virtual you get the same riders every time so like i know when i'm watching the echelon racing league like i kind of like figuring out like the people to watch like for the women's race it's like oh christy tracy excuse me christy tracy and godby are like kind of the two riders up there and there's a couple other that are like um, you know, consistently like in the top five, the top 10. So it just makes it a really good experience, especially for somebody that's like actually trying to follow it as a, as a, um, a series. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I think, I think we talked about once a few podcasts ago when I think we were talking about being able to like create your own races on Zwift and how it'd be really cool as if, you know, a uh, you know, a local race series, if, you know, the races got canceled for another year, being able to create their own Zwift race. Uh, th- I mean, RGT is the answer to this. I for really sure. hope, I really hope that uh, if races can't go on next year, local race directors say, let's do it on RGT. And, you know, I, I think I would do that. I would do every race. If, if like local race series were doing weekly races, I'd be there probably every week. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it also presents a really cool opportunity to resurrect some like races that can't go on anymore. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think everybody with their local race series and Ryan, you and I have been like, you know, pretty involved over the last couple of years racing in Wisconsin. And like, I remember a couple courses that just for whatever reason, like the organizer could not put it on anymore. And I was like super bummed about it. And to think like, dude, we could have, you know, you could do a, a Wisconsin race series where you put all the classic courses that everybody loved and, and make a, make a race calendar based off of that. And, and also too, like there's always a couple of races that are in there that the only reason that they happen is because the venue is like super accommodating to bike racing. You know, everybody can think about like their local uh, office park crit that, you know, it's not, not maybe the most fun course or like it just kind of works because it works. And it's like, yeah, we don't have to do those anymore. We can just pick the best courses and the most like diverse uh, courses and and race on those. So I I think I totally agree. You bring up a good point. That's, that's a really cool opportunity going forward. Yeah. Uh, I I really hope RG takes RGT takes off. We see more from it. I'm 
really glad that, you know, Project, Project Echelon, Eric Hill, and Frank Hundiff uh, are really at the forefront, I think, of pushing this type of racing forward. And, I mean, it's a lot cheaper. You don't need to close down roads. Uh, any bike shop could put on their own RGT race and broadcast it to the local race scene. And I'm sure they could, they'd get turnout. Even, you know, have people pay five bucks, you know, and give payouts or, you know, merchandise or something and just mail it to their house or have them pick it up at the, at the shop, you know? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm there's, actually... oh, sorry. There's so many possibilities. There's so many possibilities that you could do with this. For sure. I'm actually really interested. Um, you know, once COVID's over, uh, you know, hopefully sooner than later, hopefully sometime next year. Uh, I'm kind of interested, like, with what's going to happen with e-racing when it comes to real life events, because I think before COVID, there was a there were a couple um, pretty high level e-races that uh, I'm thinking of uh, the Zwift World Championships in 20 or not. I'm sorry, the actual Road World Championships in 2019, I believe they actually did like an event with Zwift where they set up trainers and they had like you know, a couple of people actually in like in real life, like doing the events. And from what I hear, it's actually, it was actually like a really cool thing to watch because there was just so many people like cheering. And I could see that being a really cool opportunity as well too. like hosting some in real life events. You have trainers, you've got TVs, uh, everybody can watch what's going on. You know, it's kind of like how esports is obviously a big thing. And some of the largest sporting events, especially in Asia, have been stadiums that have filled up to watch like League of Legends. Um, so I'm, I'm actually pretty bullish on like, we're going to start seeing some more in real life events, whether it's for us, like the Madison or the Milwaukee area, local bike shops, putting it on, like you mentioned, you know, maybe even paying out for some people to show up and hopefully do well. So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a cool, cool opportunity mm-hmm. and um, I'm pretty stoked on where it goes. Yeah. All right. Uh, any last thoughts? No, man, I think that's, uh, I think that's it. Um, I guess we're going to be, uh, for everybody out there, if you're, uh, considering, uh, we're going to be doing the, uh, RGT amateur race series this weekend. Uh, I believe there's a race. Is it a race Saturday and Sunday? And I believe it's the game race Saturday it's and Sunday gateway, gateway cup. cup. Uh, so that's those. Yep. The Giro de Montagna. I never know how to pronounce that. Montagna. Montagna. I think it is something like that. And then the, uh, oh, I actually just created a practice one and I can't remember. Nope. It's ben, the last ben one, Park. the Bush, the ben, yeah. Benton Park. So the Benton Park Classic. It's the race that goes right past the Bush, Anheuser yes. Bush Factory. So those are, that's good. it. It's a 12 corner crit. Really fun. Um, highly recommend both those races. They are going to be tough. Because one's got a slight uphill in it, and the other one has a bunch of turns. If you can get on RGT to practice, please do. It is free to race without a premium subscription. Uh, but highly suggest buy, buying the premium subscription for a month. It's only ten bucks. Give it a shot. Honestly, give it your. You know, I'm I'm at a yeah, loss yeah, for words. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, get it. Yeah, give it a shot. Uh, create some practice races. Uh, I believe actually Project Echelon sent out an email with the GPX file for both of those courses. So if you are on the email list, you can get the GPX file there, upload it to the Magic Roads with the premium membership, and give it a try with like 50 yeah, bots. It's going gonna, it's gonna to at least give you an edge in terms of knowing like 
what are the really hard parts of the course? When do I really need to be at the front? When can I ease up and relax? Um, there's no better way to like get ready for these races than actually doing the courses. And, you know, like we've been talking about, you can actually set up your own race with the bots, pick as many bots as you want, and it's going to feel pretty realistic. So yeah, um, definitely be sure to check that out. Like, like you said, we're going to be racing, uh, best of luck to anybody else checking out the series and racing it as well. You know, it's going to be a hard race, uh, but that's why it's fun. Yeah. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. I'm trying to post more regularly there. Uh, we got up our RTT video. Uh, I just did a Zwift racing video uh, that I'm going to try to get up in the next day or two. I did a boost race. So a little bit different platform. Uh, really fun. I think that is a pure, there's so much more strategy that goes into a boost race than like a normal race. So I'm excited for that. Uh, check it out. Bike Racing Weekly on YouTube. Also check out our Twitter because we are yeah, we're doing actually, a lot better present. on Twitter we now. We're present. Wow. Now we're present. Yeah, we are we're present. Better. We're trying to yeah, do better. We've also got an Instagram. You can check that out. We, are, we also have a Discord as well, too. Uh, I think we're going to start trying to use that more when we, uh, when we race. Uh, I believe it's in our Instagram bio. So anybody that wants to join us and chat through any races, feel free to join that. Um, and yeah, I we will start posting what races we do on Zwift or yep, RGT that's gonna be, in our that's Discord. Gonna be the move. Cool. Well, I, I think with that, we've pretty much uh, right. got the show wrapped up. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week and hopefully on Zwift or RGT. All right.